Cause when they knock you down, you can't stay on the ground. You gotta keep getting up. You gotta keep putting your faith in luck. Free pizza for life. Ghost mice. This week has been full of ups and downs, which have left me more nauseous than any roller coaster I've ever been on. I've had some hard nights and some great conversations. I've eaten good food, but I've been having some rough bouts of sleep again. I drank a few glasses of amazing wine and have had a few difficult discussions. I've taken some long walks and they've helped. I've taken some hot showers and they've helped. I've written snips and bits for projects like this and it helps. Whenever I sit down to write lately, things other than this have been pouring out of me. I've got this idea I'm kicking around. I've actually always wanted to make a comic. The biggest hurdle I've had with that is I'm a pretty poor artist. I can make some art, sure, and I've been pleasantly surprised with my abilities at times. I actually used to be pretty good with a few different mediums. I put the hours and efforts in, but those resources have since been reallocated towards other venues. I get more fulfillment out of writing, and more recently recording. I love telling stories. I especially love writing them down, but there are a few things that I feel comics can do that words can't. The natural pauses in life. The long panning shots in movies the silent displays of emotion and awkward gestures. Words can paint a picture, sure, but comics can be a painted picture. I don't want to spread myself creatively thin, an act I am very familiar with. I'm running an online pen and paper RPG for a few friends that also kind of just spilled out of me. I'm always writing on this, though. I have so much written that I haven't used yet, the timing for it just doesn't seem right. I also have a hundred other side projects that rotate through the works as well, but I also need to focus on myself. I can't quite bury myself in the stacks of notes and sketches for this and that and forget about me for a while, as lovely as that idea may seem at times. Actually, things seem to be speeding up. This whole year up until recently has felt like a crawl. Ever since I got serious about this project, the weeks seem to fly by. It feels like I'm writing or recording a new piece every day. And then when I started prep for my game, things seem to speed up again. I can't believe a week has flown by. I have a to-do list for myself and other personal projects that just keeps growing. My task list at work is daunting, and I haven't touched a book in months. I keep up with my podcasts, and if you count comics as books, I did read that beautiful, horrible one about death while in Oregon. I'm trying to stay focused, but I seem to be spiraling a bit. Spiraling can be a useful skill to shake off the excess. I think I'm good as long as I'm not festering. There's no good kind of festering. I believe one of the reasons I feel spread so thin is my mad attempt to recall the details of the things I'm bad at recalling. I am highly reliant on my phone's ability to take notes for me. I've been using the generic notes app on phones since my first smartphone, and before that I would just text myself things. I'm trying to make the switch to a cloud-based option, but the app is just so convenient. This reliance bit me hard when I lost my phone to Poseidon. Years worth of outlines and scenes for stories and games, dreams, journal entries, song lyrics, my errant feelings, sketches for all manners of things, and the most random of my thoughts that I would love to recall. They're gone. There is no possible way I will ever recall them all. But I can't stop myself from trying. I have made note of all the dreams I remember revisiting recently, and some of my outlines I had started to copy over to other formats, or at least had originally come from handwritten notes. But then there are the journal entries, or my bad poetry, and the weirdest bits that I had written to myself at 4am to try and parse later. The only one of those I remember is Dr. Anthony Hawkins, Doctor of Applied Physics. There was an outline for a series of short stories involving mundane characters in a fantasy world dealing with the backlash from wacky adventurers coming through town. 
There was a poem about watching embers ripple red. There was a series of board game ideas, my harebrained recipe for wine I hadn't made yet, details of a dream that felt like years passing in a single night. The one bit of odd dream and poetry I do remember clearly was the first note I made on that phone. I'll recite it for you, not from memory, because I am reading a script, but it takes no effort to recall this thing. I saw it a hundred times over the years, and it has always haunted me since that late November two years ago when I penned it. Bed and sleep don't seem to mesh in torn-up dreams where the dogs bark fresh. This I had typed following a strange string of nightmares whose details I didn't need to record further than that one line. If you've ever had a dream you couldn't escape, you'll understand me a little bit more in this story. A dream that, even though you wake briefly, you can't help but sink back into, again and again. On that night, in that dream, the world was grayscale save for a moon the color of a pumpkin, and the bright yellow eyes of the dozens of dogs that watched me from the other side of the chain-link fence that ran the length of the road I walked down. These dogs were at first silent, but I could see the hunger in their eyes and the tightness of their skin against their bones. The whites of their teeth shone in the black and white night I walked through. Then I heard the word, fresh, a low, breathy whisper. I turned around and saw nothing but rows of dogs and the endless road flanked by the chained and broken sidewalk. Then it happened again, fresh. This time I saw the dog that had said it. Another dog joined in, then another. Then the chorus encompassed all the dogs. They stared at me with their gleaming yellow eyes against the gray. They walked towards me, only hindered by the thin fence. The mad cacophony of barks slowly coalesced, then they shouted in unison, Fresh. They were talking about me, and they were hungry. I jumped in and out of that dream in my broken sleep over an hour or so. Sometimes I was running, the dogs keeping pace beside me. Sometimes the wind was pushing autumnal leaves against me, cutting me as I tried to make it to a never-approaching destination. One time, the last time, there was a hole in the fence. If only all of my missing pieces were as intense as this. Let's leave that weird place behind and go on a different weird journey. One that is definitely more lighthearted. My wife suggested I tell the story, and I think it's a good place to start a series of short stories about a game that I still play on rare occasions. You see, I love the concept of those massively multiplayer online games. Play a game with your friends, dozens of your friends if you're lucky, and get to experience a story that millions of others are experiencing alongside you. I also have that perfect blend of addictive personality and compulsive need to collect and complete that drives me to play those games in a borderline unhealthy way. My poison of choice for the past several years has been Final Fantasy XIV. I've been playing it on and off with my wife anytime a new expansion comes out, and usually the following several months, provided we both have the time. For the experiences I'd like to share involving this game, you don't need to understand the story or the world or most of the game outside of the fact that there are thousands of other players roaming the same open world. If you're lucky enough, you'll find players in the game who will become your friends and help you to complete various tasks. As an active player who enjoyed experiencing all of the strange facet of the game, I made a lot of random friends whose real names I never knew. I just called them by whatever ridiculous screen name they had chosen. I would fight monsters with Furious Wolf, gather rare ingredients with Emma Rold, buy potions from my alchemist neighbor, Snooty Boots, and delve into dungeons with my warrior pal, Big Big Smallman. It wasn't odd for me and my wife to be playing and for the conversations to make no sense due to the bizarre series of names our friends had floating above their character heads. One day, while out running errands for the local nobility, my wife exclaims, Hey look, it's Tater Tot. 
Who's Tater Tot? I replied. You know, your friend Tater Tot. I don't know any Tater Tot. Yes, you do. Look, there he is again. Who the heck is Tater Tot? She stood up angrily and pointed at the character whose moniker Tater Tot hung above his head. That's when it clicked. The character bore a striking resemblance to my adventuring pal. You mean Wonder Nugget? She stopped and just grinned. She had confused their appearance and their similarly shaped and genred food item naming convention. Upon realizing her mistake, she just erupted with laughter. To this day, I would refer to Tater Tots as Wonder Nuggets. Thanks for listening. We had another big step this week. I've finally been accepted by Apple into the realm of official podcasts, meaning you should be able to find me on most podcasting apps. There are still a few bugs to work out, so let me know if you encounter anything weird out there. For example, I still can't get them to find my first four episodes. I'm working on it. I'm also working on getting more up on my Facebook page and Instagram. I think I made a Twitter too, and apparently that's important. This is just a hobby and not a job, so I won't be going ham on the social media aspect. I'd rather focus on making the content than wrangling in new listeners. I do this for free anyways, so what does any of that matter? Two people have suggested I try to make money off of it, and sure, maybe one day I'll have a cult following and can dedicate more time into making more content. But until that day hits, I'll see you around, Wonder Nuggets.